Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. And welcome back to another episode of On Culture. On Culture is the podcast of the embassy, theembassy.substack.com. And uh, we have a, a piece up in the embassy. Uh, and then the following week, we'll do a podcast on it. And we just kind of rinse and repeat that pattern. Uh, and uh, today on On Culture, I'm joined uh, by my oldest son, Evan. How you doing, Evan? Doing good, doing good as always. Busy every weeknight, but uh, glad to talk about stuff that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Got the kids down. House that's right. Is quiet. This, now. Is, this is the yeah. the golden hour. Golden hour. Yeah, the golden hour. Uh, well, thanks for spending it uh, with dear dad talking with headphones on, talking about uh, um, such things. Uh, and so let's get into it. Um, we. Uh, the piece on uh, the embassy is really about people searching for spirituality um, and uh, people searching for spirituality in the context of people leaving the church and traditional, traditional, um, you know, modes or channels of, of spirituality. Uh, And um, I guess, you know, I did a, a number of these on people leaving the church, but, Maybe let's start there. If you want to, like, what do you think? Mm. Um, why do you think people are, what are some, there's lots of reasons, but what are some people, some reasons people are leaving the church or feel the pull to leave it, even if they haven't left it? Mm. That's a, it's a big question. Um, I think that's yeah, a, a lot of different ways we could go with this. Uh, I think the simplest way to think about it um, is in by paralleling it with the rise of modernity, or at least uh, noting that the uh, the diminishment of the church as a social force and people's willingness to leave it um, seems to correspond with the rise of modernity. Um, I think, um, and this is a cheesy analogy. Some of my friends probably heard me say this before in other contexts, but um, it's interesting to compare the way that we used to raise barns in the whatever 18th century pre-modern times um, to the way that we would build a, an agricultural structure today, right? Um, in, in the olden times, especially in rural areas, that was a community event, right? It was a social event. It was a cultural festivity, right? Um, it was almost, you could almost say it was a religious event. In some ways, it was literally religious. Like it would have, have mm-hmm. to be organized by the local church. Um, and it, can, it entailed a ritual where it was the community had to get together to build it because there was no other way to really source the labor to make something that big happen. Right. You couldn't really build your own barn and run your farm wouldn't work into, um, to reward people for doing that. Obviously not just the family, but the whole community would get together and, you know, have a big, a lot of food and maybe the, the kids would have games and a lot, you know, all the men were there anyway, building the farm, building, whatever the building was. Um, I'm sure there's a million different variations on this, that are specific to different regions. I'm just painting a generic idyllic picture. Um, you know, people sacrificed together, people needed each other um, because of the intensity of the material demands placed on them. Um, mm-hmm. And religion, it, you know, the church 
provided a backbone to make that possible. Um, and so today, obviously, you wouldn't do that, right? And mm-hmm. you would, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd get three bids from three contractors at least, and you'd go yeah. with the one that made the most sense. And that, right. that it's not just that that's, it's kind of sad to think about what's been lost, but really you'd be a fool not to do that because they're actually better at it, right? But not mm-hmm. only is that they have better tools for it, they're more skilled at it, the barn's going to be better. Overall, it's going to be less expensive um, than it would be if you tried to do it yourself by hand and you calculate the value all the time, you lose doing that. Um, so it's not that it's, it's not that it's worse to hire contractors to use cranes to build your whatever farming mm-hmm. storage facility yeah. today. It's just a picture so, of how the world has changed. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that the church got caught up in that, basically, where we used to need the church. Not I mean, We still need the church in a spiritual sense, but we don't need the church in the same, in the same material ways that we needed yeah. the church for hundreds and even thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or we you know, think we, we, I mean, we certainly feel like we can live independently and then we mm. choose church as independent actors, not even looking for that world mm. in which we have a community of people that we belong to, you know, come conflict or come whatever, we're still going to be this group of people, our barn raising world and our social world in our church world, we're all the same world. And, you know, we don't, you know, we don't have to live that way and we kind of want to preserve our independence. And it's at one level, we kind of don't want those things as much as we appear to want them. And yet, right. um, So I do think that's one of the reasons that people are leaving church in a sense is we don't feel the need for it. And you take all of that stuff away and yeah, what, what am I doing here? And then if you add some negative, you know, inputs into the system, you know, uh, corruption, Mm. Uh, you know, whatever, <clears throat> dishonesty, hypocrisy, yeah. um, then there's, that's another impetus. Um, but as, as we move, as we, as we talk about that reality, then we, you know, we, it's easier to leave church or it's easier just to shop. Um, but even for people who are, haven't shopped or not shopping mm. anymore for church, they seem to be, we seem to be looking for some spiritual experience, something, I don't know that we would say something to replace church, but something to fulfill the needs of, you know, meaning, ritual, community, Mm. identity, uh, those sorts of things that kind of came along with the whole church community. uh, And, you know, in your barn raising example, stuff that was all sort of part of the package we can live independently, but we still, I guess, feel the need for all of those things. Well, I think that's the, you know, to, to use a, an analogy from my a childhood pop culture, that's a $64,000 question, right? And it's who, who wants to be a millionaire. But uh, mm-hmm. um, where can you, is that, it's not just, is that possible because of what's right, right? I mean, we, we believe in the Apostles' Creed, both of us do. So it's not a mm-hmm. question, it's like, Putting, putting a pin in what's technically right, if they're looking for spirituality in the wrong place, they're not going to find it. But the other question is, can can you have the same enriching um, religious experience without sacrifice? Can you have a, a religious experience without obligation? Can you have that without binding your... Like, you know, if you work on the barn raising, you do that, 
because you know that when you need a barn raise, the community is also going to do it for you. And so you're, mm -hmm. you know, it's your but with with physical suffering of working very hard at something, you're binding yourself to the community, and they're, you know, it's vice versa. Yeah, it's a mutual. And is it possible to, right. yeah? Whereas, is it possible to? And I've, I've read your article, but it, so they talk about base. I mean, it sounds like basically spa and communal meditation, basically. But is it possible for Sunday something Sabbath like thing, yeah? <laughs> right, right. Is it yeah. possible for something like that that doesn't involve giving anything up at all? or any kind of obligation, right. is it possible for that to give you the same kind of spiritual experience? And that's, I'm skeptical of that, not just because I don't believe in the theology of what they're doing, but because I don't think that's how religion works. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think that they're yeah, getting something think, out of that, but it's, it's, it's not the same yeah. in my opinion, but. Yeah, I mean, I think they ha they're getting some experience. There's some community, there's some sense of, there's some ritual, there's some sense of something. There is an identity in that we're the people who do this. I think you're right. I think because um, because uh, if if true spirituality, if God has ordained it in a certain way, certainly God can show up when you're in a sauna or when you're at Burning Man because God's God and he can do whatever. But by and large, he's sort of, I think, given us a container for it and told us that's how we find it. And it's really... It, behind all of the searches is the assumption that I can find it on my own. Mm. It's out there to find. Uh, and it's sort of almost up to me to find it within. So all of these settings are really just un, unleashing my own spirituality in a sense. And that becomes a spiritual experience. I think, mm. I mean, that's as I, as I understand it, um, right in the burning man, um, uh, you know, their statement, their, uh, basically the Burning Man website, um, you know, they talk about, you know, what, what they're all about. And one of the things they say, I think is interesting, uh, and it's compelling in lots of ways, you know, it's you know, to generate society, connecting each individual to his or her creative power, participation in community. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that sound, you know, positive and everyone would, would say that they're positive. Um, but the touchstone of value in our culture will always be immediacy, experience before theory, moral relationships before politics, survival before services, roles before jobs, embodied support before sponsorship. I don't exactly know what some of that means, but the first one I think is the one that I think experience before theory is the one that I think mm. it's easiest to see from the outside. Um, and, you know, they're there for an experience, not a theory of experience. But I think there is a, I mean, there is some theory there somewhere, acknowledged or mm. unacknowledged. There's some explanation. There's some interpretation about the meaning of this experience, because um, that's just mm. how we are. Uh, and And without some, you know, some sense of what does this experience mean? What do I want it to mean? then it's a feeling, I think. I mean, I don't know what else more it could be, right? Right. Well, I think um, I think because we are human, we need both, right? We need the medium right. of experience. We need the medium of ritual. We need the, the medium of, there's a different, million different aspects of um, the methodology and the media of religion that are 
not just helpful, but probably essential for us because we're humans, because we're not infinite. We're not angels. We're not God. We don't see everything all the time, at the same time all the mm-hmm. time. And so, for example, going to Burning Man, maybe, I, I mean, I it seems easy to, I've never been, <laughs> full disclosure, uh, doesn't seem like my scene, but I can, I can understand why, like the whole getting away from your normal environment and going to a, a radically different, even alien place and being out of your routine in every way changes your perspective and helps you to see things about yourself in the world that you wouldn't notice otherwise. You know, if, if 99% mm-hmm. of your attention done on a daily basis is, is on the things that are in front of you, then removing yourself from that would, you know, might give you some element of this, an experiential, a different experience than you would have normally in the same way that what going on a, you know, going to visit Yellowstone by yourself might or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think yeah. and, uh, there's a different million different media that um, are essential to us. I think we should be humble enough to recognize that we can't, you know, we, we need, we need those kinds, we need to be managing those kinds of things um, in any real, any faith, but the, the substance of it does matter. Um, the, the, the mm-hmm. verse that keeps popping in my head or not the, the, the Bible story that keeps popping in my head is uh, the way God chose to help the Israelites through the desert um, with, you know, when they were you know desperate and they were afraid they were going to run out of food. Um, God provides them manna every morning. Right. Mm-hmm. And the manna is like a, it, it's a reminder of their dependence on God. It's a, it becomes this, ri- you know, ritual thing that they do every day to, you know, uh, not just eat, right. Cause they literally need to eat, but to show their faith in God. And there's a million different ways that they, that God could have done that, but he understands that because we're humans, we would benefit from something like that. It's not, he doesn't give us, you know, he could have given us magic bread that lasted for a month and given it to us once a month, you know, like <laughs> the Israelites right. in this case. But he, he said, no, we're going to do right. it daily because that's good for you to have that experience. But, you know, if the worshipers of whatever, Baal, the great spaghetti mm-hmm. god, whatever, if they tried to simulate that experience and try to have a daily bread ritual, that would be, you know, healthy in the sense that, you know, humans need that kind of framing um, ritual to focus us. But if the, the objects mm-hmm. of the ritual is wrong, it's still wrong, you know, like, so there's, yeah. you, you need basically just going back to what we're saying, we need, you need both. You need the substance of the yeah. devotion to be there, but you also, you, we need the, the ritual to frame it. Yeah, in the end, yeah, in the end, it can give you many things, but it can't give you maybe everything you need it to give you, or um, it can't, you know, deliver everything that's promised. It kind of does, it makes me, you reflect back on, you know, why people leave the church, and, and I think, you know, I think many people's experiences of a church is sort of lacking immediacy. It's lacking experience. It's lacking ritual. Uh is lacking community, you know, that, that sometimes the problem with people, the way some, some of us have practiced Christianity, uh, you know, over the last number of decades, it's been sort of individualistic and sort of consumeristic and sort of transactional. And that again, gets you because, you know, because you're in the church and because there's, there's always imperfect participation on our part, it gets you something but it, 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 you're not, you're, you're robbing yourself of the full experience somehow. Uh, and, 
and we're mm-hmm. and like we're always looking for that some some other place. But I do think I mean that the, the right. manna is a good. There is a ritual of dependence. There's a, a reminder of our smallness and our need, and uh, they did it together. You know, it was a communal thing. They were depending together, uh, and so all of those are positive. And you can see why people are trying to reproduce them, and why some people see them as meaningful. Um, but uh, there is some part of the meaning that is that we believe connects to an actual spiritual reality that's not only within yeah. us, but that exists independently of us and that we interact with in ways that aren't totally up to us or, or not even mostly up to us, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the part that, I mean, I understand the appeal and the, and the pull totally, and I can understand why maybe people don't always experience that in the church. Uh, but there is going to be something that keeps sort of falling short. And I'm not saying never go to Burning Man. Uh, I'm really sort of reflecting on using that as an illustration of the this search. And as you said, this, you know, the, 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 the container, the form, the things that, you know, it, it, it draws us to things that we actually do need, but it just can't give us everything really. Mm. Right. Well, I think so. What you're saying, it for me raises an interesting question. That yeah. So the the ritual, the form, it's a, it's a, that's essential. Um, I wonder if. I mean, the question that arose that led to the question I'd like to ask you is, well, then why not just create an endless number of artificial rituals, right? Like why why not? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think part of what makes the artificial rituals not work, in addition, like regardless of what the object of the devotion is that they don't they feel false because they don't involve any they don't involve obligation they don't involve sacrifice they don't mm-hmm. involve any cost or giving something up or binding yourself to a doctrine or an idea that is higher than yourself and you submit to it um, again like mm-hmm. that's not there are lots of religions in the world that do that and we would still say that they are wrong right um, but those religions are I think it's harder hard to argue that they're not more successful at giving their most devoted followers that sense of meaning, purpose, you know, um, mm-hmm. wholeness that the yeah. spiritual experience people are looking for than a lot of the newer forms have. They've had more success than some of the newer forms have had. Yeah, and so I, mm-hmm. I mean, I just wonder, like, isn't maybe that is part of what's necessary? Um, and I do think like, so in, that, so in that sense, like the, the Burning Man example is good for part of this, but I think there are lots of other examples that are conventionally thought of as secular that maybe in the same way that Burning Man isn't quite as secular as it seems, there, these other secular institutions practices, maybe are not as secular as they see. Like <laughs> there's the, you can think of anything, but like, I mean, religious ideology, for example, they, there's uh, across the spectrum uh, the more ideological you get, the more you're asked to submit, right, to ideas and doctrines mm-hmm. and beliefs um, and subordinate yourself to those ideas. Um, even something as trivial as like a diet, right? Like sometimes it's yeah. purely practical, but like I think what people find appealing about it is that you you have to submit yourself to this rule that governs you. Yeah. Um, and I, th- yeah. I just wonder if there's this yeah. human need for yeah. that, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because, you know, you think of like the CrossFit community. Yeah. (laughs) That's another great example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. There's devotion, there's ritual, there's sacrifice, there's community. uh, And it tries to fill, you know, it tries to check all the boxes of, you know, things that we are genuinely made for. But at the Mm. end of the day, it's, it's CrossFit. It's, it can't do more than that. Um, I do think one of the, one of the things that it would apply to people going to church or to Burning Man or CrossFit is if it's about me, if I view it as something that's about me, Mm. uh, you know, my improvement, my experience, my community, my identity, my meaning, my purpose, then there's always going to be an element that falls short. And obviously we can, I mean, that's what I was trying to say before. I think we can go to church that way. We can go to church and it's about me, what I need, what my family needs. I need the teaching that I need, the hmm. the worship that I need, the, you know, yeah. whatever the program. And that's not rhetorical. Needs. I mean, we have, and then we, I think we've probably both separately heard friends and acquaintances say something like, I, I really got something out of the sermon this week, or I didn't really get much out of it because yeah. I, I already knew that stuff or, you know, it's just stuff like that. Yeah. It's the standard. I think it's the way it's sort of the way we're raised as Americans. It's sort of the standard way we approach everything. And if we try to approach this spiritual search in that way, it will always fall short. Um, you know, I think actually our situation is better than that. There is a, you know, a great spirit, you know, there's God uh, and Jesus and the Holy spirit who want to want us to have spiritual experiences and desire for us to enter in a spiritual reality. Um, and, but there's, there are beliefs, practices, parameters for, for that, that, you know, without that, we're probably going to, you know, we're wired to reach out to God. And when we stop reaching out to God, we're going to reach out to some substitute in some way. Hmm. Um, and I, so I really, I mean, I, I kind of, I, I want to honor people's search because one of the things I think um, I thought of C.S. Lewis's, um, he wrote an essay, you know, 80 years ago or so, uh, you know, Religion Without Dogma, where he really was talking about the trend that was active in his time of just a, in a sense, a minimalistic, contentless religion where they really, like they did, they kind of wanted to turn away from dogma. Now they really couldn't turn away from all dogma, but basically it was, it was sort of trying to have a barn raising experience without, you know, you know, necessary beliefs. Like we'll have a community, we'll come together, we'll make the world better and so on. And it ends up, you know, in, in Lewis's, you know, he says, uh, there is in this minimal religion, nothing that can convince, convert, or in the higher sense, console nothing therefore, which can restore vitality to our civilization is not costly enough. It can never be a controller or even a rival to our natural sloth and greed. A flag, a song, an old school tie is stronger than it, much more the pagan religions. Rather than pin my hopes in it, I would almost listen again to the drumbeat in my blood and join in the songs of the maenads. Um, And, you know, so he's kind of saying, almost, I would go for the pagan ritual where there's some sort of something to it rather than a minimalistic um yeah contentless doesn't demand anything you know it's sort of it's almost like the elaine de Baton, you know uh 
atheistic approach with religious practice where we just take all the belief out of it and we're just trying to get some of the good stuff that religion appears to give civilization and again i don't want to i'm not i i think i mean baton and baton and i have different views Mm. of course of religion but i think he's very um positive in his view and sort of counter counter uh you know many of his contemporaries to say no religion has been good uh, and you know, we can't just ignore that, you know, we don't b- want to believe the same things, but we want to try to get the good stuff out of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, Lewis, Lewis is saying that probably I'd almost rather be a pagan and go for some pagan ritual than for that, that empty husk of something. Right. 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 I think he's a, he's an interesting entrant in the conversation. Cause he, I, we, I, it's maybe been a few years since we talked about this. I've also read the book. Um, and he, I think he does a great job of identifying the problems with modern culture. And he, when for him, modern culture means secular atheist academia. So a very narrow slice of it. But I yeah. think a lot of what he points out about how we've abandoned ritual, how we've become iconoclasts, how we kind of poo poo mm-hmm. um, uh, ceremony, how we poo poo tradition, how we, you know, we, uh, yeah. look down on those kinds of things that's actually damaged us. I think those same things apply to, the contemporary church, especially to uh, reform churches. Um, I mean, different ways, obviously, but I think we could still look back at how, how have we kind of, um, how have we poorly cultivated some of the traditions and some of the rituals that weren't, you know, we were right to say that these should, these things shouldn't have theological significance, but maybe they were just really practically useful in binding communities together and making church work better. So I think all of that applies and is really interesting. But then to your point, he proposes like, well, okay, so we're not going to go back to, we're not going to go back to this religious calendar. We're not going to go back to this religious, to the communion. Instead, here's my new idea. And his new idea to me is like, it's laughable. Usually it's like, well, (laughs) we're not going to go to church on Sunday. Instead, we're going to all go to the art museum. And that's going to have a similar sublime mm-hmm. experience. It's like, no, I'm mean, no, yeah, like, it's just not, Baton, those aren't, that's right. not enough. Yeah. The, yeah. David Tom proposes that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just like, no, yeah. it's not. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Right. Right. Because I think he, because he thinks there's nothing there in the first place mm-hmm. and all there is is a form. So let's just change the form. Right. Um, and I do think there is, it's, um, and, and, and I think, you know, to the, to both points, I think there is something there and I think the form matters. You know, I end the I end the essay with you know the Jesus talking to the woman at the well. Mm. It was a Samaritan, and they they worshipped God, but they worshipped God uh, with a, a sort of a false belief set or some skewed belief set and skewed religious practices. Uh, and I think Jesus, while honoring her religious you know practices, honor, honoring her person her identity as a image bearer um, says, you know, you, you worship what you don't know. Uh, and, you know, there, the time is coming and is now here when, you know, God will be worshiped in spirit and in truth, God is spirit. Uh, and that spirit and, and truth are both key components and that on the one hand, the dry, dusty, you know, dogma heavy, you know, it's, it's, it's all truth, no spirit, which is not true, really. I mean, you've, you're sacrificing part of the truth because part of the truth includes the spirit. And if it's all spirit and no truth, then you really are missing on, out on 
the spirit who is the truth. You know, the spirit and the truth are two aspects of the same God. And, you know, that's sort of, the, in a sense, maybe the punchline of the whole piece is that you need both. Um, you know, yes, we need spirituality, but there is a truth to it. There is, uh, it is not simply optional that there's a real form. Mm. If there is a spirit, capital S, a personal spirit, he wants to be known, but there's, there's ways in which we can know him and ways that will work poorly or not at all. And it's not just totally up to me to fashion. Mm. And I think that that runs counter to so much of our kind of modern postmodern programming right where everything is really up well i think that 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 right. almost demands a further peeling back of the layers where i mean i think it's right first of all but i think to build on that um formulation of the spirit and the form and how you need both i think that the just tying to what we said before about obligation and submitting oneself that if you have the form without the substance then your form isn't actually very good like like part right. of the form is to right. subordinate oneself and one's preferences and one's experiences and one's desires right. to a truth that is higher than you. And of course yeah. it's only ultimately meaningful if that truth is true, <laughs> you know, but it's yeah. also undermining right. the strength of the form. If it's like, yeah, I want the form, but I also, I want it to cost me nothing. Then it's, it's not actually, not yeah. only are you incorrect theologically, but you're, it's not actually doing as much good for you as it could be. In my, that, at least that's how I see it. Yeah. 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 So it's sort of a confused position that we can find ourselves in where we want to, on the one hand, believe there is no one big truth that I'm subject to. Mm. And yet uh, there is a spirit, which it would be part of any truth that I would, you know, rec you know that's either true or it's not. Um, and so I kind of want to live between both and sort of name my truth path to the spirit uh when if there's an actual spirit that's not that's not how it's going to work if there's an actual truth it's not how it's going to work mm -hmm. so yeah we sort of um yeah we sort of forfeit both by tr by by trying to only have one and that would go for yeah dry dusty experience in a church where you're you're losing you're losing truth because there's no spirit uh or you know burning man where you're really not you're really not accessing the spirit probably mm. fully, certainly because there's, there's not enough truth. Um, and, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, God does want to be known, you know, the spirit capital S wants to be known, wants to be found. And he's given us, you know, we believe uh, a path to find him and experience him. And in rejecting that path, uh, it's natural. You're going to look at other paths, but like, you're just going to be disappointed in some, in some ways, which is, I suppose, better than not searching at all. Right. Um, you know, so I want to honor the search, but, uh, I, I think we're still subject to reality. Right. <laughs> That's the bottom line. It's of course some of this also, and we, we talked a little bit, uh, off camera about this, that it, it's not just a disclaimer. It's actually worth saying that a lot of these experiences aren't bad if you use them for what they're good for. They're just not going to be sufficient mm -hmm if you're trying to use them as a substitute for right. all of the conceivable, right. you know, uh, frameworks uh, that right. could constitute your religion yeah. and could frame out your understanding of the truth. Like, yep. I mean, I think that's right. You, yeah. 
your example of Yellowstone or whatever, I mean, those are all good and they could be spiritual experiences. People, you know, within the church with, you know, who believe in God and believe in, you know, the forms, you know, they have other spiritual experiences that they do. Um, but it isn't a substitute. I mean, I think that's probably a good place to maybe to end it is that one thing can't, can't replace the other. Um, it can augment, Mm -hmm. it can come alongside, but it's always shaped by the greater, the greater truth and the, understanding of what spiritual world actually is and uh all of that so um we're getting we're past our my my target time so um we probably should land the plane there um thanks it's been great i've had a good time uh, doing that so thanks for joining me always fun um okay and with that we're going to um uh land this plane and uh if you haven't read the piece go to the embassy.substack.com uh, you can subscribe there. You can get a, a free subscription that gets you most things, or um, you can pay a little and help me uh, pay my expenses uh, to do that uh, if you're enjoying the content that you're getting. Uh, and with that, we'll, we'll see you next time uh, on On Culture. Grace and peace. You've been listening to On Culture, a podcast of the Embassy newsletter. Have a question? Send it to theembassy at substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.